This is the sermon for Palm Sunday slash Passion Sunday, April 5th, 2020. Our readings are the Old Testament from Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. The epistle reading from Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And the gospel reading from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 9 as well as selected verses from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter and 27th chapter, where we begin at the 11th verse. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave them no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with this, that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. As many of you may have uh, become aware, this quarantine makes you contemplative. I've become this contemplative pastor, thought about many things at my desk, even in the midst of the children running around with joyful noise. Long have I sat these past few weeks and thought about pastoral care, preaching, the assembly of believers, the communion of saints, the theology of the sacraments, especially the Lord's Supper, health of our members, and prayer. How do we weigh all these things in balance with our present situation? What is the faithful course for us as the people of God going forward? When our lives are thrown out of their regular activities and common routines, especially for pastors, it's easy for our thoughts and our hearts to quickly fill with the temptation to despair. It's in these moments when our hearts tremble at what may or may not be, 
that the Spirit of God directs his people. He directs us to the word and the promise, especially now. As the pestilence has driven the world into panic and fear, we need the ever-unchanging words of God for us. For though Holy Week this year may look absolutely different than anything any one of us has ever experienced in our lifetime, because of these circumstances, I will promise you this, it will not sound different. The words will not be different. And most assuredly, the heart of the gospel is not changed. And that's what we cling to. That's what faith grows and holds on to. That's why we are so thankful for the wisdom of the church over these centuries to keep this the same. Because God has taken on flesh. He has bore the curse of sin to suffer death in our place and to deliver to us the eternal love of God by his great mercy and the forgiveness of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the unchanging truth of Holy Week, really of all time, but of special consideration this week. Nothing changes for us in the Word. We gather our voices together today as the body of Christ and as it will be, whether it is here with you or those who will listen at home. We are gathering with Christians from every time and with the same voice as with David or Jesus in Psalm 22. We say, You, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Gathered with the crowds on this road to Jerusalem, whether going before or following after Christ, we are with them, shouting in communion with the church triumphant and the church militant here, Hosanna, Hosanna to this Messiah King. And it means, O Lord, help us. And so we gather together. doesn't matter the number, but we have one mind and spirit. And we pray, come quickly and aid us by your grace. Perhaps it is with this year that this prayer, this Hosanna, will echo longer within our hearts and minds, reverberating off of the walls of isolation and sadness over our present crisis. But there is a reason There is a reason that the Hosanna remains in the church, in the Sanctus, in constant use each Sunday that the Lord's Supper is celebrated. Because in this life, we are in need of the Lord's consistent help. He says he has steadfast love, never changes. So let the church rejoice in this, that our God is the same and that he does come to our help. For this is what these services are meant for. They're meant to lead us to the Lord's Supper, where we profess the Lord's death until he comes. If it is that we are not able to receive the sacrament in this moment, then what are we to do? 
We should set our eyes to a time when we shall partake of it again. A foretaste here on earth and the rest to come in heaven. While we wait, we feast spiritually upon that body and blood of Christ through the blessed word preached into our ears. But then again, we shall with one accord shout Hosanna to the son of David. Praises to him who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosannas in the highest. For how blessed are these words which gather all hearts and voices and believers into one holy communion. Both giving blessed thanks to God the Father for sending the anointed one, the Messiah, who takes away the sin of the world. And in the same, praying also for the kingdom of God to reign on earth as he comes now to reign in our hearts. He is a king. A king for us in the eternal image of the Godhead, not a king after our likeness. His royal reign is displayed in the bearing of this curse of sin for his people. Saving us from our enemies by sacrificing his own life. Laying it down for us. Christ goes in our place so that we are released from the prison cell of sin and death. Jesus, our King, entered into that great Jerusalem, humble and riding on the colt, the foal of a donkey, and they crowned him by pressing into his head a kingly crown, not made of gold, but of thorns, the very sign of our curse. He, the true King over all creation, humbles himself, takes our place, under the law and under its curse. And who are we but Bar Abbas, the one who is released, the one whose name means son of the father. Though we are by nature blasphemers, killers, thieves, sexual adulterers, gossipers, slanderers, coveters, which is to say rank idolaters. Yet because Christ goes in our place, we are not the notorious criminals any longer. We are called son of the father. And these things which we once were are forgiven. They are no more and we are set free. If the plague upon us were not reason enough to repent and to pray for the Lord's return, we are now placed in the midst of Holy Week, going up to Jerusalem with Christ, and hearing his sacrificial death to atone for our sins. Repent now, for the kingly reign of Christ has come near to us. And take heart. Do not fear, for you know the words and the promises of God, that whosoever has been washed in the blood of Christ and believes in him will not die, but pass from death to life. You you have the blood of Christ upon you. You needn't fear, though great pestilence come near you, or death because of sin, for the angel of death will pass over you, and you will be ushered into the arms of Christ for eternity, because you are covered by his blood. The lamb which was slain, the Passover lamb for us. 
we are loved by God. His wrath has been poured out upon his Son. You are loved by God. And he has promised to not lose not even one of his own. And so it remains for us this day, greatly fitting that we join in those words of our collect and pray, mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection. We hear it said enough, but it bears repeating. Be patient and wait on the Lord. For at just the right moment, he delivered us from sin and death. Surely his plans for you will not be averted even now. For though Holy Week may look different, it will not sound different. The words will not be different. And most assuredly, the heart of the gospel will never be changed. This truth remains. God has taken on flesh and bore the curse of sin to suffer death in your place and to deliver to you the eternal love of God by his great mercy in the forgiveness of your sins by his very own blood. To you it is given to watch and to pray, to wait upon his mercy and to live by grace through faith in his word, and in his promise. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.